0: Today's reading is taken from Matthew 18, verses 1-14. to At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large milestone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to sin. Such things must come, but woe to the man through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into the fire of hell. See that you do not look down on one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning all. Let me pray before we hear from God's Word. Father, this is Your Word, and we ask that all of us will leave here, having had our hearts changed by it. Amen. Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 to 4. Uh, Keep your Bibles open, because we'll be seeing what it says. I'll read for us, verse 1 to 4. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, "'Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven?' He called a little child and had him stand among them, and he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Here we are specifically told that we need to be little children. And I'm sure this came as a bit of a shock to the disciples. Um, because this is the very opposite of what they were asking. Uh, they were asking, who is the greatest? Uh, who is uh, the most esteemed? Who here will have the highest status? Them thinking of themselves. Who are, Which of us is the greatest, Jesus? And he says, no. God's children don't pursue status and esteem. They humble themselves and become every man's ch- servant. In fact, Jesus gives them quite a shocking warning. Um, In this passage, Jesus uses very strong language, and we need to feel the strong language. He says that if they, the disciples, continue to pursue status and esteem, they will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And the same warning applies to us today. God's children humble themselves and become servants to everyone. If we pursue high status instead of humbling ourselves, as Jesus did, then we will never enter heaven. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 20, verse 26, just over a few pages, he said, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man, that's Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We are God's little children. Let us live as God's little children, humbly serving everyone around us. Think about that. We are called to serve humbly everyone around us. A practical question that I think we can ask ask ourselves wherever we are, whatever we're doing, whether we're on the bus, walking around London, or at work, or at home, or with friends, a question we can ask ourselves to help us to, to do this, to live humble, servant hearted lives is how can I help? Or how can I serve? How can I help? When you're around with your friends, how can I help you? How can I serve you? Not can I, but how can I? Placing ourselves in their, in their service, humbling ourselves before them. When we're, for those, uh, when we're at work, how can I serve my boss? How can, I, how can I help you? Our colleagues, how can I help you today? Or for a boss, our employees, how can I help you? Humbling ourselves and serving those around us. At home husbands to wives, wives to husbands, and parents to children. How can I serve you? How can I help you? Coming to your husband and saying, how can I help you? Husband to wife, how can I serve you? Or in the context that this passage is mainly focusing on, the church. How is we as congregation members, how can we serve Steve, our pastor, when he gets back? Come to him and say, how can I help? You're back. How can I help? Or the PCC, the children's leaders, Johnny and Hannah and all the others, how can we help them? How can we serve them, humble ourselves and serve them? And our fellow congregation members, how can we help and humble ourselves and serve each other? With our time, our money, our emotions, humbling ourselves, putting ourselves second. Let us live as God's little children, humbly serving others. It says, therefore, whoever humbles himself like little child, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And we are to do this even when the world makes it difficult. Have a look at verses 5 to 7. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to sin. Such things must come, but woe to the man through whom they come. Just a side note, woe here is not an expression of sorrow or sadness. Rather, it's an expression of judgment. Jesus is saying judgment is going to come upon someone for something. In these verses, verses 5 to 7, Jesus is giving us two sides of the coin the two ways in which the world will respond to us as we go out and live as God's little children. As we go out and humble ourselves, the world will respond, verse 5, by welcoming us. It says, And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. The world will welcome us. Not because of ourselves, but because of Jesus' name. And this verse actually seems to hint at the evangelistic impact that living as God's little children will have on the world that they will welcome us in His name. And in doing so, they will also be welcoming Him, which is a beautiful picture. So that's the first way the world will respond. But the other way is that they will try to get us to sin. Uh, Have a look at verse 6. But if anyone causes one of these little ones... That's us. We're the little ones. God's little children. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin... It would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. The world is full of people and things that are trying to get us to sin. The world's hostile to us, and this is quite strong language. As we go out those doors, we will be surrounded by people and things that are trying to get us to sin. But this passage is not meant to scare us or intimidate us, but rather give us reassurance that judgment is coming. God is our Father, and God takes very seriously anyone or anything that tries to cause His children to sin. Imagine that you're a parent and you're sitting on the bench, maybe in Hyde Park or wherever. I was there a few weeks ago, it's beautiful. Sitting on the bench, enjoying the sun, the children are playing there, and then you see a stranger who comes up to your children, starts talking to your children, and then takes them by the hand and starts leading them off away from you. No! In the same way, the anger that a parent feels at a stranger trying to do that, trying to lead his children away from him, the same anger that God feels towards those that try to cause his people to sin, God will bring judgment on those who try to lead his children away from him. Verse 7, Woe, judgment to the world. Because of the things that cause people to sin, such things must come, but woe, judgment to the man through whom they come. God will bring judgment on any who try to lead His children away from Him. Therefore, for us as little children going out into the world to humbly serve, let us trust God. We can trust Him in a hostile world because we know His judgment is coming. But... Uh, children don't need to be led away from their parents. They don't need to be led to sin. Uh, we've all been children once, and we know we're very good at rebelling. Uh, what's it? The four-year-olds. No! No! I will not do whatever it is, the sensible thing you're asking me to do. Children are very good at rebelling against their parents. Um, we've all been there. And we are God's children, and so verse 8 and 9, uh, God, Jesus addresses when we rebel. So let's have a look verse 8 and 9. If your hand call, or your foot causes you to sin cut it off and throw it away it is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire and if your eye causes you to sin gouge it out and throw it away it is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell we need to be living as God's little children and humbly obeying him In these verses, Jesus gives a radical instruction for us, a radical response to sin, that we are to remove anything in our lives that causes us to sin. Just think about this for a few seconds. What in your life causes you to sin? It the thing that's causing you to sin, what must we do with it? What does the passage say? We have two options. We either cut it out and throw it away, or we gouge it out and we throw it away, as what the passage says. So whatever it is, the thing in your life that's causing you to sin, we need to take radical action to remove it from our lives. And maybe we're thinking, "Oof," but it, the thing that causes me to sin, it also, but it also, you know, yes, it causes me to sin, but it also does a whole bunch of good things in my lives. So it helps me with certain things. Or maybe you're thinking, if, if I actually cut that out of my life, if I, if I actually did that, people would notice. And then it would look rather strange, and then they would ask questions. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, whatever radical action is needed to cut it out of your life, I'm willing to bet that it's less drastic than taking off your hand. This is, yes, Jesus is using exaggerated language here. He doesn't act, but the principle still applies. We need to take radical action to remove whatever it is that's causing us to sin from our lives. So, as God's little children, let us humbly obey Him and go and do this. And as children, we need to be relying on God. That's kind of the main job of a child, to rely completely and utterly on their parents. And so let's have a look at verse 10 to 14. See to it that you do not look down on one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 in the hills and go and look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep And about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. Here we see God's incredible love and His care for us. The hundred sheep represents Christians. And if one Christian wanders off, God will pursue that Christian. And God will be overjoyed if that Christian is found. This is our loving Father. We are God's little children, loved and pursued by our Father. Therefore, rather than despising one another, looking down on one another, verse 10, see to it that you do not look down on one of these little ones. Rather than looking down on one another, as congregants members, as fellow children, rather we should be united by our loving Father who has constantly brought us back when we have wandered away from Him. Therefore, as God's little children, Let us humbly rely on Him together as the Father who constantly brings us back to Him. This is what the Christian life is like, humbly serving everyone as we obey and rely on God. Even when we wander away, He is faithful, and He constantly brings us back to Him. This is what it means to be a Christian, to trust a God who loves you even though we constantly wander away from Him. It's beautiful is he beautiful in your eyes have you fallen in love with this God of love and if you have but you have never asked him to be your father then I persuade you now ask him say God I'm tired of wandering away please forgive me I want to be your child may I be your child and he will welcome you in with open arms let us live as God's little children humbly serving, obeying, and relying on Him together. Let me pray. Father, You are indeed our Father, and we thank You that You love us and You pursue us when we wander away from You. Lord, help us as we serve You and everyone else with humility and as we obey You and as we rely on You. Thank You that Your love is constant. Help us this week as we do this. Amen.